0: what's up folks thank you for tuning in to the progression project podcast i am your host eric antonson today's guest on the show is eric christensen at eric eric foil on instagram this is second time on the podcast if you didn't listen to the first one you'll get an idea um of who eric is more in that one but he's a texas foiler um a big do-it-yourself guy who is always experimenting with new constructions for boards, Uh, made his own foils back early on in foiling when he couldn't source foils that he wanted, and now he's testing everything that's out there. He um, foils, surf foils, he's on the wings, he uh, chases the tanker wakes, so... um, great guest. We had a great conversation. I love catching up with Eric. I think that you guys will enjoy the show. And um next episode is with Miso Fernando on Instagram Fernando Novais. He uh just recorded and that one will be out in probably about, I don't know, early next week would be my guess. So enjoy the Eric Foyle episode and stay tuned for uh Fernando. Okay. You guys have fun.
1: Eric, what's up, dude? Thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's an honor. I've really been enjoying the episodes you've been having lately, and looking forward to the next one.
0: Thanks. Yeah, I uh, I haven't said it out loud yet, but um, a couple days ago, Tom Carroll just recorded, so I'm going to produce that one in the next day or two. So that's holy cow! Yeah, it's a good one. Amazing! How cool is that? Yeah, it was like. uh, it was a very cool moment. I've been a fan of his for 20 plus years, you know? So
1: it was, oh, it was yeah.
0: amazing.
1: I uh, was on team Curran. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, that's great. All right. So funny. what's up, man? Tell me
0: about foiling. How you been? What's going on?
1: So, yeah, um been doing well. Kind of some big changes in my foiling lately. Changed some equipment up, tried some new stuff and I'm, really loving it clicking real well so yeah making some progress once again back to my philosophy of you know change up the gear and go to the next level change it up see tell me what gear you've been
0: on now and and what you're figuring out
1: yeah so uh actually your podcast i think had some sway over me that one with Almondson. i have mad respect for that guy and Everything he was saying about that GL one forty was like, Oh man, maybe I should take that thing for a try. So found that to be true. Everything he said was legitimately correct. So that was kinda something I've been wanting to do. Be able to crank some cutbacks and interact with the Whitewater and feel it flow and so yeah, I've been real thrilled with some progress, some quick progress i've been making it's it's a forgiving wing isn't it it lets you
0: like attack without it's kind of the i don't know some of the uh the it doesn't feel like the wing wants to kill you in certain situations maybe that's a good way to yeah exactly
1: yeah like i think what you were talking about before i think what you had mentioned about what you were feeling with that 200 yeah the, the signature what is it called the vortex The, Uh, the stealth 200 still the stealth 200 is amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Um, isn't that what we're looking for us that came from surfing, shortboarding, you want to be able to transfer over some of your skill to this foil because how you choose to draw your lines, if it could be somewhat like shortboarding and the shifting the weight and attacking the wave and it, it stays natural and you, you don't have to have a completely new set of skills and a new way of looking at it. Some of that shortboarding instinct can actually be helpful for once. That's kind of what we've been looking for, huh?
0: Right. Yeah, I, I like that in those, um, like I guess they're in dihedral wings, <clears throat> where yeah. it self rights. So it feels like a surfboard where it comes back under your feet instead of having to 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 surf it back under your feet. I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I felt that when I rode that uh, 175 Unifoil that my buddy David Gervin has the whole Unifoil set. And he let me try that 175, and I really liked it. I really liked the loose feel. But uh, I thought that you could only get that with a dihedral wing until I rode this GL 140. And it's uh, more of a high aspect, kind of a flat wing. But you it find still it still works. Fast. Oh, that's the fastest thing I've ridden. The 140 yeah, is. Yeah, it really is. And it's it's uh predictable so I can really get after it on the turns, you know. You know how it is on the shortboard, you like get out on the shoulder and you're like, oh, I'm gonna throw down and go back to the pocket on the roundhouse and you just lay it down. You know, that's kind of the most fun you have in shortboarding and at least me anyway. I was never the best, but that's like that's exciting. And throw down that weight and come around with that G force on the turn yeah well that uh 140 just stays stable and true through that direction change that's what i've been finding i love it i'm still learning it
0: i agree with you on surfing in the pocket direction changes fast with the stealth and with the 140 but i don't agree as overall top end speed like the 190 that i ride is is much faster than the stealth um, I'm blown away oh, yeah. by how fast I can go on that. But then, when you're going that fast, it, you got to really ease your way into a turn. To not, you can't yeah. crank it. You can't surf that wing when you're going that fast. That's actually what I'm trying to work on right now. Is I watch Kane surf that wing. I watch Adam Bennett surf the 170, and they're pushing into the turns on that high aspect wing. And I, I know it's possible. Yeah. Uh, I don't have that confidence yet, though, so I I think I'm going to spend, I actually get to be in the water a little bit here for the next week or two, and I'm going to spend that time uh, trying to learn how to attack on the high aspect wing, see what happens with it.
1: Yeah, so tell me about being back in the water for the first time after your hiatus.
0: Um, You know what, It's actually, uh, that's a really good question because it's an interesting experience. I was out of the water for eight weeks oh my gosh which is a long run Um, oh man and the first session back it you know it was like i don't know if anyone else can relate to this but you kind of forget what the feeling is like but i don't feel like your subconscious forgets how to do something and so for my Hmm. first few waves it was almost like an out-of-body experience where i was like watching myself foil because i you know I, i Didn't remember how to how to do everything from kind of like a more conscious standpoint, but it was all just happening, and I was just a part of it. And I think the first two ways, I just laughed the entire time. Wow, just going so fast and it was unreal.
1: That's that's epic. Unreal. So, and then it started uh, coming back to normal after after a few hours.
0: Um, after the first few ways, it started feeling normal again. I, I also believe. And I need to get him back on the show again. Um, Eric Goodman is a, is a good buddy, and if you guys haven't checked out Foundation Training, check out Foundation Training. He helped me a ton with my back a long time ago. He trains uh, Dane Reynolds, Kelly Slater, Lakey Peterson, oh, wow. and um, he. I, we've had this conversation together uh, where if you if you're out of the game for a little bit, when you come back, sometimes you're a lot better. And his belief yeah. on that is that your mind. So you get, um, your, your, uh, neurological connections get tired and they need time to repair. And so as those repair, they become more efficient. So actually there's a, like a neurological reason that the time away is good. I feel the same thing with like learning a language. If I'm away from when I was learning Spanish when I was away from Spanish for a couple of years and I'd bounce back, you know, to the States for a few weeks, come back to Costa Rica, my Spanish would be immediately better. And I think it's the same you you need that time to let it settle. And that happened for foiling over the last little bit. My pumping's more efficient. Um, I'm just seeing things a little bit more clearly. It's pretty cool.
1: Excellent. Good have, to see that there's some positive come out of that. Yeah. It might just so be that's because your my... music getting better, right? No.
0: <laughs> yeah. So tell me about uh tell me about the Florida race. How was that? Oh, I haven't yeah. talked to anybody yet who
1: went That was fantastic. Um I think the timing could have been a little bit better. That global pande- pandemic was kind of creeping in on us. <laughs> <laughs> it was craziest thing. So the the series of events, um, I fly into Orlando. I rent the car. It takes forever. Drive straight into past the Space Coast, checking out the rocket launch pad on the way by. Super cool. I love that part of Florida. And I pull in, and they have the... Ron John's Beach and Board Fest. And uh, I just park right in the middle of the action down there. You got to pay for parking, but park down there, get out of the car. And, you know, I don't believe things happen by accident. Three parking spaces away, Austin and Alex Aguera, Austin Kalama and Alex Aguera pull in, get out of the car, (laughs) looking around. I'm looking around. We're just fresh into town, all of us. And I'm like, dude, is that Alex Aguera and Austin Kalama? And i like run up to him and hey. Did they recognize you? Uh I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I was just uh was like uh aggro little grom like, hey, you're Alex Aguera and Austin Kalama, can I take a selfie? You know, I'm just like <laughs> enthused. no shame. I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, and uh so that was cool and I'm following around, you guys gonna go sir? But when we rolled in, I mean, it was, I'd never seen anything like that. They had a portable uh, wake skate set up or wake winch something. They they uh, had the billabong competition going on. There were these two big pools that they'd set up and they're in the middle of doing a contest, like pulling these guys across with a cable. And then there's a surf contest going on. They had a portable half pipe set up. There's like people everywhere music vendors you know it's just like wow this is cool it's like spring break vibe you know and surfy stuff going on and all exciting but literally as we pulled in and they're like uh shutting down the music and shutting down the competition as we got there i mean (laughs) and they were like draining the pool an hour later and the sponsors are all shaking their heads and pulling out because everybody got the plug pulled because of that, uh global pandemic thing that wow. was spreading. And, you know, there were already people saying it was irresponsible to try to push forward with the thing. with the timing, the way it was, but we're like, you know, let's get this over with and then we'll go and lock down. But, uh, <laughs> maybe a little too close to the edge of that, uh, <laughs> shelter in place scenario but yeah so it went anyway and we just got it done before the uh shutdown of everything and then i'm stuck with trying to get back to texas and along with 10 zillion other people that had their disney trips canceled and their cruises canceled and trying to get back to everywhere america out of that orlando airport Oh, man. But yeah, I'll talk more about the race than the global yeah. collapse. The <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, those guys had come up with a really good concept, I thought, for linking waves, doing your little mini Shore Runner contest. And uh, we had the pre-meeting and party and talked about the format. And everybody kind of understood the basic ideas. There was a little confusion, I think, during the race as to whether you had to run around the buoy or cross the line, or could you finish across the line, or did you have to be on the beach touching the flag? But, you know, those are some hiccups that'll be a part of a brand new type of format. But uh, it was pretty cool, and uh, we, we did the first heats. I'll have to claim it since this is a new format and new uh, type of racing. I was in the first heat, and I got first place in the first heat, so they're historic, <laughs> claiming it. That's rad. <laughs> first, first type of race of its kind. And if it
0: takes off in, in 20 years, you can be like.
1: I'll be an old man claiming it forever. Yep. I, I was Perfect. in that first one. <laughs> but uh, it was it was a lot of fun. What did you there think was, about the running
0: back up the beach? You know, Pedigo and I were talking about this the other day. Um, and he was saying that it was kind of a weird situation where you had to make this decision to come in or try to pump and that the running wasn't necessarily foiling. So it's kind of like, almost like a, an Ironman type of situation where it's like a run and pump versus just a surf pump contest. Did you have that same feeling? What'd you think about that?
1: Yeah, I almost leaned the other direction. I almost was thinking like everybody should be forced to run back up that adds sort of a whole different dynamic to it and then they couldn't necessarily get the beach cleared and so at one point I was running in the race and I'm hot on the heels of one of these guys and he's really fit and I'm trying my best and like he bumps into somebody and I'm like yes (laughs) a whole uh, obstacle course and and I'm like yelling literally yelling as i'm running down the beach watch out little kid watch out and i'm just trying to clear the way ahead of myself coming through with this blade on my hand you know, and uh, the foil board rig it was a very awkward object to run with down the beach with the coil leash still connected because i didn't want to have the stop and take it off and put it back on so i lean the other direction i think it's kind of a a fascinating dynamic to mix it up a little. And then, and then the, it was not even in the realm of possibility. I didn't think I was like, nobody's going to be able to cross that line and pump back to the beginning line. Again, nobody could do that. And Austin was asking about it in the pre-race meeting. And I was thinking, nobody's going to be able to do that. Sure enough. Yeah. He, foils down, crosses the downwind line, makes a U-turn, goes all the way back to the upwind line. I couldn't believe it.
0: Yeah. It's good to have that cardio of a 20-year-old.
1: Oh, yeah. I got a daughter that's 21. (laughs) But uh, maybe they'll do age categories next time. Yeah. I always thought
0: for surfing, if they had it by weight,
1: I would oh, have yeah. done
0: pretty good because for a 200-pounder, I'd surfed pretty good. But then, you know, I was always up yeah. against.
1: Especially for foiling. Yeah, that kind of creates a whole different dynamic. Yeah, you yeah, know, surfing it. I have to say that foiling
0: would stand up a little bit. But now with foiling, I do not feel like weight is the same limitation it is on a shortboard. I mean, there was a huge difference for me shortboarding at 170 pounds and at 200 pounds, depending yeah. on like how much muscle I had on. And I just spent like while we were in full on two months of lockdown, like, pretty much all there was to do was work out. I turned into a meathead. Oh, and- cool. Like, <laughs> and so like prison. <laughs> yeah. So I came back a much heavier person for foiling and I don't think it hurt at all. Maybe it even helped. I don't know, but I don't have that same feeling. And, in short boarding. So that's actually a really cool thing about foiling is it's less, it makes sense. It's more efficient. Um, but it's less, it's less weight dependent,
1: which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. And when I start limiting myself, like, Oh, if I was lighter, I would do so much better. But then I look at guys like Latham and he's just early on, he was shredding on a Kai wing and he's a big old tall, you know, strong guy and i i'm guessing he's over 200 pounds just a big guy on this kai wing and he's just shredding and i'm like that's too small of a wing for him but he made it work or like uh have you seen some of those videos of those uh wings that kane has beach started and Oh yeah. Some of that stuff is amazing. Yeah, but Kane's an like, alien. So you Yeah, can't... I don't understand. So yeah, he, there's <laughs> no uh weight limitation. You can't just say it's impossible cuz those guys are doing it.
0: Right. 100%. Um how did the event wrap up like uh
1: Oh yeah. So uh we went through the heat and originally it was scheduled to go over 2 days. So it was going to be Saturday and then they're going to do all the finals and on Sunday, which was great. But they were worried about the event. Organizers were worried about the uh, permits getting pulled for day two for Sunday. Cause everything in the parking lots got canceled and cleared out. Wow. Uh, everything got cleared out. So they pushed hard to run the whole event on Saturday so that it could finish and we did it, but that's too much too much racing in one day for any competitor that gets all the way to the end. So the guys that all finished were super humans. You know, I really was impressed by your buddy Pedigo. Oh my gosh, he's a machine.
0: He is. And all
1: those guys. Yeah. Tucker McGrath and Austin, those guys are just amazingly physically fit individuals. And they're not all teenagers either. You know? So Um, So we ran, ran the event in one day I was not to pat myself on the back too much, but you know, at 42 years old, I made it into the final and, uh, made a pretty good start. And I was in third place. Tucker was in first on the second lap. Okay. Let me rewind a little bit. The preliminary heats were all two lap heats. Okay. And then they said in the final, the semifinal and the final, there would be three lap heats. And so on the, The second lap of the final heat, I was in third place running back. Tucker paddled out first, Austin hot on his heels. They both got out pretty quick. I paddled out, I was third. They were both turning around to get away. I don't know how I turned around and chipped in on this garbage little whitewater mush. And I was off and going. And I had a commanding lead on middle lap of the final so that was my 45 seconds of glory I was just off and gone I was feeling so good I was like I'm in the lead in the final I'm gonna win (laughs) I was (laughs) off and going and then I just hit a brick wall of cardiovascular vo2 max physical fitness endurance and I just just shriveled all at once like it wasn't like uh lowering my energy level as i went until it dropped off to nothing it just went flat like all of a sudden all my blood oxygen was gone i just brick wall <laughs> and then i just came off of foil i made an error i needed to be pumping out for the horizon to tie into a set and there wasn't anything to be seen i rode one too far in anyway and then that was pretty uh pretty disheartening watching these guys foil past me trying to find a wave and then it was like a faucet had turned off there were just no waves coming in and I'm just sitting there looking at nothing coming in like I can't paddle into a wave if a wave doesn't break so I wasn't terribly frustrated that 45 seconds of glory was wonderful but I ended up coming in what fifth I think uh that was that was I still at the beginning of this decided, you know, I'm not gonna let my how I finish ruin the trip for me. I was stoked anyway. I was hey, you so finaled, man. thrilled to make it to the final and final. and I was gonna be happy with my forty five seconds of in the lead in the final.
0: So <laughs> That was great. That's awesome. You know, like what you just said there about hitting your VO2 max, the most embarrassing, probably, arguably the most embarrassing moment I've ever had. I was a swimmer my junior and senior year in high school. Oh, I was wow. pretty fast, and, but I only swam uh, freestyle, like sprint 1500. And then for districts my senior year, there was a gap in timing to where I could swim the 100 fly and it wouldn't affect my other races it was after my other races or something like that so you know I was like all right i'll just i'll swim it but i never swam it before and i would swim the 50 fly in the relay and and the way that i would do it is you legally had to take one stroke per lap and i was pretty good at kicking and Uh so i would i would just take one stroke right before the wall on on the uh on the first leg and then on the second leg i would do about half and then I would I would do about five or six strokes into the wall for the 50. And so I go to swim the hundred, and, and my times were basically the same as my freestyle times on the 50. I was like pretty quick at it. So I go to do <laughs> I go to do the 100 and I come out the same way. And I was first into the 50 by, I don't know, like body length. That was way, I was way out ahead. But I'd only had two breaths on the first 50. And then the third leg. I came into the wall about third or fourth, I lost a ton. And then the last legs so of the last 25, I about passed out and oh, about no. like blacked out about, I don't know, 10, 15 meters from the wall and ended up losing by, I don't know, 15 seconds. By the time I, it was bad.
1: It was, oh, it wow. was, it was like, <laughs> there's, there's a video of jump it. Jump in and grab you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I almost passed out. Some full hypoxic. Yeah. 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 That's funny. You don't feel green until you go try to swim after you haven't done anything like that. Man, it happened to me last night, man. Pedigo and I did a, uh, a shore runner
0: last night. It was cranking oh, right. out of the South. It was, uh, like 20, 25 out of the South and we did four miles. Oh wow. And, and um I had two like long, like couple minute flights in a row and I wasn't wearing a leash, which was stupid. Oh, I hate yeah. leashes. And yeah. after the second wave, so I'd probably four minutes of foot time in like five minutes, I lost my board and ended up having Oof. to swim a flu a few blocks. I full on cramped. Oh. Uh, it was fun. Went in oh, <laughs> went onto the beach and hung out for a minute. Um, get the oxygen back in your blood. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah, the board will swim away from you downwind when you lose it. It's
0: it was crazy. Moving, man. I was swimming hard after it for a minute and then I just gave up. I was like, I'll see it on the beach.
1: I think my board will do about three knots away from me when I lose it when it's windy. The craziest <laughs> thing. Have you have you ever had it go where it, it's just
0: on foil and it'll foil like a hundred like ghost ride for like a hundred meters?
1: A few seconds, but not really very far. No, not that far. I've actually one of my worst uh, wipeouts was I kicked the board out because I was headed into shallow water. And then it did a U-turn in the face of the wave and foiled back to me and got me right in the shin with the front wing. That was a gnarly one. Yeah, that's a so good. Ghost foil. Ghost foil. Um, any projects lately?
0: I love I love yeah, keeping up on all your projects. What you doing? I haven't
1: been... I haven't been working in the shop lately. I thought I'd be spending tons of time in the black lab with the global lockdown, but I haven't really been working a lot on that. I need to get to it, but nothing exciting lately. I got lots of ideas, but nothing yet. What are you going to work on? uh, I finally came up with a new, better finalized idea for my track build for the the boxes connected to the tracks i had some issues with leaking water where uh, the surface of the board interacts with the boxes surface so anyway there's some water intrusion issues i've had with a couple of my boards with my track boxes so i solved the tracks coming loose but i haven't solved the water intrusion but i think i've come up with a solution now why do you think uh, they were coming loose yeah uh you mean the water intrusion or the, the coming loose originally coming, coming loose off. originally or yeah yeah i've never believed that just laying the boxes into even high density foam is sufficient to keep them from coming unglued coming loose in the in the board i've had even the whole high density insert come loose i haven't ridden a board that hasn't come loose except for the one that uh i put the the several boards i put the stringers attached to the boxes inlaid i'm the same way yeah same it's way. a tremendous force i think you and i put a lot of force on a board i'm Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there that are having the same issues but when you pump a lot with a big wing it's just a tremendous force to have even spread out over a high density insert is just not quite sufficient in my opinion i could be wrong um
0: you know i go back and forth on boy i ride a lot of different boards and still my favorite boards are stringered blanks because of the stiffness i could pump so much Mm -hmm. better with a stringer, absolutely. Um, you know, I agree.
1: There's no room for flex and foiling in my. No, opinion.
0: and there might be an amount of carbon that can get you to that same flex, but at that point, I wonder where the weight trade-off will be. Um,
1: yeah, really. Carbon got, is not necessarily lighter; it's just stiffer.
0: Right. I've I've actually got a new uh, sub I designed coming, hopefully this week, uh, glassed out in California and i did one pound eps foam but with my double stringer and it's Ooh. carbon bagged so Ooh, that sounds like a good one i'm excited man it's gonna be fun to uh to test that the idea was to test it in the winter but it kind of missed the timing missed a little bit
1: but <laughs> <I> have some <laughs> issues with timing for sure yeah <laughs> so tell me about Sub foiling. You're talking about getting back into a little more. You've been heavy on the prone, and now you're getting back into playing with some sub stuff. Tell me about why. Um, so I was breaking down a bunch
0: of video. Um, first off, I love I love stand up. Like um, I spent a lot of time on stand up surfing. I'm a big fan. I just st- I like the workout of it. Um, I like access to waves and time on time on waves because of stand up. Um, and I think that there's a lot of good things that it can provide for foiling. And when I started looking at some turns that I was doing probably six months ago at a much lower level in foiling that I am now, those turns on the stand up still hold up against a lot of the stuff that I'm doing now.
1: And that and, was early on.
0: And that was early on. And I think that there are some advantages to having that weight. And I'm excited to play around with that. And if you look at what Derek Kama's doing, and if you look oh, at what man. Zane is doing on standups, those are arguably the best turns in the sport. Um, you can put them up there with any prone turns. And I think there's an advantage to having a paddle that you can lean over on. I, you know, like When I was thinking of from a technical aspect, if you think about how you turn a foil, you have to perfectly money the amount of, of angle, that you're coming into the turn with, because if sure. you overturn, you, you're going to fall. If you underturn, that's when you taco, right? If you're if, yeah. you're, if your board's turning more than your body, you taco, if you lean over too much, you can't recover from the turn. It, you can't, you can't bring the board back under your feet and the paddle solves that. So with the paddle, you can go into every turn more aggressively than you would and recover because you'll be, you'll be overextended in the turn, but then you can, pause your body weight falling for just a second with the paddle to let the board come under your feet
1: and yeah, of those same- guys you were talking about have i i think of the uh, images in my mind of them foiling and they heavily use the paddle they use it like a ninja they yep. use it perfectly and they use it aggressively yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely
0: and it's the same thing you do with with stand-up uh surfing and yeah, okay. I think that. I just think there's a lot of room to explore in that, and there's a lot of advantages to it's you know if you're surfing outer reefs or, or whatever to be on a to be on stand up, um, it's nice. So I've been wanting to design that new board for a while, and stoked it's finally coming and and get to test it out. And
1: um, I look forward to seeing what comes out, what kind of videos you come up with. Do you, do I you just, I have no uh, background in stand up really, except for you know this big foamy one that I would right. paddle my kids around like let's go out to the end of the jetty anyhow I got a pretty good balance and whatnot so what was it with the wing when I got my hand kite I'm gonna call it that I don't care when I got my hand kite <laughs> I went out and bought a, a used sup foil board from a guy I know here and uh tried winging for a while. That winging is a different topic altogether. But either way, I ended up with a, a stand-up foil board. And then I was like, man, let me take this thing out for a rip. And literally the first session I went out, it was some tiny, tiny waves. But I tried paddling in, tried paddling in. I ended up literally chucking the paddle and paddling in prone on it and started pumping it. And I couldn't believe how well I could pump it. And then I ended up looking for the paddle for a while. but. <laughs> then i ended up practicing on getting to where i could paddle myself in with a paddle and i had one of those adjustable you know came with the big foamy sup board paddles ended up breaking it like in my third session and then a buddy of mine gave me a good carbon paddle that was broken i repaired it one of those you can have it if you can fix it and uh good paddle and i got to where i was paddling into some of those things and the stand up foil board opens up a whole bunch of different possibilities you never even realize when you're only prone like paddling way way out to the outside you're like that's not so far out of reach a lot of times I'll look at that way way outside break and I'm like I don't want to paddle way out there you know prone but on the stand up board Lance my buddy from Corpus Christi area he came down and we had a magic session not too terribly long ago, we both paddled way out to the outside. They're just a little mushy crumbler that started just enough to get you going and you just ride forever. Just dreamy rides way in because of that way far out sandbar. But I honestly wouldn't have wanted to paddle out there prone. Yeah. But yeah, I can imagine some of those outer reefs and places where there's actually reefs and way out reefs. Yeah, that's killer.
0: And when you get fairly good at it, you can pop up on waves that aren't even breaking, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That so opens you, up a lot of possibilities, especially when it's bigger. You know, it was in, even in stand up surfing, I like um, being on a stand up when it's bigger because you can get in really early and then you can kind of dictate your line instead of being under the hook for it, which, you know, sure. both have advantages. But, um, in, in stand up yeah. foiling, it's great to be able to be in early, especially when it's big. I'd much prefer to be on a stand up in big surf than to, rather than to take off prone.
1: For Interesting,
0: because
1: I've gotten out and you know as I progressed with some of my prone sessions, I mean some of my stand up sessions, I ended up going out on some pretty beefy days, and I don't know if I was riding too slow of a foil that day or whatever. I was riding some big wings. Um, I had some of those big old gnarly ones that I could normally outrun they caught up to me and went down with that big board tangled up in the white water mess and that was kind of hairball yeah but uh yeah on those bigger days i'm a little uh, more nervous to get tangled up with with that big rig than the little rig i don't know but again if you can get in early that makes a big safety margin on a lot of those waves it really does yeah my my dream is still, I don't know uh, still I don't know if it's conditions or skill or equipment or what, but I still haven't done any open ocean downwinder type of stuff. That's still one of my dreams, one of my foiling bucket list things is to get out big open water and just foil, be able to connect wind bumps. and uh, so stand up is a big part of the start of that process.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. I haven't been offshore downwinding. I haven't, you know, even rivers or inlets. I haven't, we have the shoals that I foil on all the time, but nothing really downwind. The shore runners don't count because you're in the surf the whole time.
1: Yeah, they don't count. And I haven't been able to pump out, out, out enough to really consider that open water yet, but yeah. maybe uh brian has been coming up with those videos it has been good where the coastline curves around and mm-hmm. then he is in open water that's been exciting to watch some of that it'd be kind of scary to get out away from the coast
0: yeah it'd just be a long paddle back in yeah. <laughs> you mess up a lot of consequences <laughs> scary sharks out there i'm sure the foil looks like a teaser too
1: yeah now with uh, foils are getting faster foils are getting better for that type of thing i think the guys that were doing those downwinders before were just superhuman and now i think the gear is getting to where it's going to include some more of the, us mortals in the, the game yeah
0: um what uh what are you liking in boards these days you are you have any perfect so, combos
1: that Ono foil board the guy made me is epic. I don't change boards a lot. You I no. kind of get to something that works, and I've been staying with that one. It's been real good. We've been in talks about uh, making a few more variations. That's so cool. some stuff coming. What and size are you riding right now? So I'm riding a 4'4", four, four, and I believe it's 21 wide. And three point nine uh three point four thickness max. And it's got sort of that double barrel concave and the the soft chine rails. Kind of a flat deck with barely a concave. But that thing is like thirty nine liters. That board has a lot of volume, which is excellent. Um I had gone back to one of my tiny boards for a few sessions and you just you cut your wave count in half you just don't get the waves that you would normally get with that paddle in volume so it's kind of making me want to go a little longer a little thinner a little narrower I've seen that Amundsen just came out with a bunch of those slim peat prototypes Mm is leaning toward really narrow and it looked like some of those guys are really shredding on those things so it's curious to see what's going to happen with the trend of boards if people are going to start going narrower now yeah you know
0: we have been experimenting with longer and narrower and then i had designed a like my i have two models that i really like the flight deck and the vanish and the vanish is kind of like my mid-length take um kind of like your high aspect deck and then like the, Mm -hmm. the flight deck is kind of where you'd want to be in the pocket and I made a four, vanish a couple of them and my first feels on it, it was just too small. I didn't get it balanced. Right. And I, I kind of gave up on it a little bit because I love my four, six so much. And this trip, I decided to go back to it. I think inspired a little bit by the Skyrama podcast and talking to him about what he's riding and just not wanting to be beaten by, you know, if someone else can ride a four, two or four, I want to be able to at least do it. Yeah. And yeah, and I and in breaking down some video I realized I think I had the foil position too far back in the box even though it's such a small board you still had to have it farther forward. So I tried that with my 190 over the last few days and I gotta say it's magic. It's a double stringer poly blank. It's a little heavier of a board for how small it is but it's it's probably the best high aspect feel I've had. Pumping is so easy on it. Um, cool. and it's a, it's a 20 and a half wide but the tail comes way in. The tail's like the, it's a really it's a really skinny tail, which I like a lot because there's you know like you can really lay it over on rail yeah. without having to uh, to worry about the board touching. Yeah, which is, which is pretty cool. It's so
1: important. I know Brian's always emphasized the importance of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm more and more liking really small-tailed boards because like, if you're doing a turn, you're not generally touching at the nose unless you're kind of like in the pocket. Um, and you, you kind of miss a little bit, and then sure. a touch.
1: but you can kind of tell how old a foil board is when you're looking through video on YouTube and stuff <laughs> based on the tail, you know, the, the earliest foil boards were really wide tails. It was like just chopping them off square. It looked like a, just crazy. Now they're pulled in real nice and tight.
0: Yeah. Um, on foils, if you tried the new prototype, uh, go foil high aspect wing
1: i saw it i saw that thing in action and i was amazed i'm going to get one real soon but i, I haven't gotten it. my hands on it yet that thing was well, let's just say it did a podium sweep all first three places on that foil race were riding that prototype yeah when they're we... calling it the uh the pump 180 it's going to have a P designation from what i understand
0: oh cool um, it's a fast wing, you know. It, like nothing so far. W- when uh, we were doing stuff before the 180 gofoil wouldn't keep up with the signature gear, but yesterday when we were doing the shore runner, um, Mike was on that and I was on the 190,
1: and they were pre- they were comparable in speed. Um, okay, they, uh, 190 is a the 190 is the fastest that, thing I've ever felt. That's a real high aspect thin profile wing, right?
0: Yeah, the, actually the. The new GoFoil looks, it's, the wingspan is wider. It's a bigger wing mm-hmm. um, than the
1: 190, but they were pretty, okay. They were comparable. Yeah, because that, that uh, GoFoil prototype, that thing was amazing. Austin, he was like, yeah, I just paddled out in the evening to see if I could pump from one buoy to the other so that race course was, stayed laid off and we could go play on it. And the upwind line was about almost a quarter mile, maybe a thousand feet wow from the downwind line. So these two big orange buoys are out there in the surf, a thousand feet apart, and they're out past the last break. And he said, I just wanted to I wanted to paddle in on a wave and see if I could pump from one buoy to the other and back without even riding any waves. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, nobody could do that. He's like, Yeah, I could do it. I was like, "Oh my gosh. So he did that on that wing." So killer. He has zero body fat, super physically fit, but that, you know, combination of gear and rider is pretty amazing to see in real life. Yeah, no joke.
0: You know, besides Austin, um what have you been watching online lately for inspiration? Who are you drawing from um surf surf foil wise? Surf
1: foil wise? Yeah, um, I've really been studying Brian Finch on YouTube. He's just, I think he's way out ahead. I've been thinking like maybe I'm a, if I'm on a good day, I'm a year behind in skill level. I think I started about several months before he started foiling, but he's just amazing. I, I always watch Brian. I just draw a lot of inspiration. I'm yeah. ridiculous. I'll even flip the video and. And watch a mirror image so you can be a regular footer. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that? Yeah, it's uh, the new, if you got the update on the iPhone, it just click edit. You can flip it You take the video. and oh, cool. You can actually uh, so screen YouTube. record. There you go. And then you can flip it. You can flip the video on the edit feature. And uh, yeah, there's been some other guys, you know, I've been, skyrama that guy shreds after your podcast i'm like let's check out sky's stuff and he's, he's just skit. superhuman again he just did a beach start video blew my mind crazy stuff
0: yeah
1: and just shredding and again he he didn't go on the bandwagon of everybody else going to bigger boards he's stand on these tiny boards which is against the grain but shredding nonetheless shredding been really enjoying that and yeah. uh Yeah. I'm starting to tickle the whitewater a bit, interacting with some rebounds and stuff. I'm trying to get there. And, uh, the new gear is getting me there. How's it going for you? What are you learning? (laughs) So, yeah, I did a good one the other day on that GL 140, you know, fifth session in good cutback It was a good sizable wave. And, and I just went right up into that whitewater and I just lost my nerve. I pulled the ejection lever. I'd I lost my nerve, but I think the foil would have taken me through it okay. So, the the board going through it is one thing, but staying on it, because that's when you're most likely to interact with the foil is when everything goes sideways in the whitewater. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. And every time I think I'm, every time I think I'm doing great, like I'm gonna go bash that whitewater, that's when I end up tacoing. Yeah. I
0: but, did a good one yesterday. Put my knee through my board.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> Dang it.
0: Yeah. I, luckily, I was wearing a wetsuit, and it didn't hurt me too bad. Uh, just a little no. bruise. But uh, I was just pumping out back, and it was one of those ones where I just had a great connection, and so I wasn't even thinking about it. I was kind of just bliss, blissed out and hit a little chop, mm. and the foil just went sideways. I fell right on top of the board. Um mm. So always Man. what gets you.
1: Yeah, when, you, when you're when you not uh, on your guard, you're not paying attention. It's like hitting a little rock, little pebble on the skateboard. Yeah. Belly flop.
0: You know it was really cool yesterday when we were doing our kind of shore runner was that it was super crowded with kiters out because it was blowing so hard. Oh, yeah. And we were going a good clip faster than the kiters.
1: Isn't that cool? It was wild. I had a similar experience just recently. Yeah. And the, one of the kite ladies came by and she's like, i have to watch out for other kiters and she said you really caught me off guard when i see this guy foiling past and no kite and she said you really threw me off Uh, i was out there (laughs) i was yeah i was staying with them or ahead of them and they're all mowing the grass or whatever and i'm blowing past them
0: yeah that was yeah that's
1: that's I, killer. I would
0: not have thought that it is that much faster than than it was noticeably faster. You catch him essentially. It's pretty That's cool. That's crazy. Yeah, and you're on the 190. Yeah. Yes, that wings super right. fast. Um, Mike said we actually it was cool because we were taking off together on a lot of waves and then pumping out back and then kind of like riding the same bumps or the bumps behind like kind of like switching on and off together. It was, it was rad. And he wore a GPS watch. I didn't, but we were like at 20 miles an hour.
1: No kidding. Which is pretty cool. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I always like to look at my numbers. Uh, The only way I can get my numbers is with my GoPro Hero 7 on the selfie stick. You can Mm. do those sticker overlays and you can do a speedometer sticker. And I do that just to get my numbers. And I'm usually maxing out at like 17 miles an hour. I need to get numbers on the new equipment.
0: I bet it's faster.
1: Probably so. It, it feels it, fast. I'm catching stuff I wouldn't think I'd catch. I'm like, look at that set. Look at that bump. And I'm pumping out. And I'm like, I'm not going to get there. And then I get there. It's like, whoa, how did I do that? <laughs> it's a good feeling. Yeah. That's, that's the surf brain telling you, you're not going to make it out there. So man. Surfing. How, surfing. Oh, man. that's yeah. I, I had that thought the other day. Do I or don't I want this to catch on? Do I or don't I want all these guys to know how liberating it is to foil versus shortboarding, groveling? I don't know if it's my duty as a foiler to be the Johnny Appleseed of foiling and get as many people into it as possible or be selfish and keep it to myself. I don't know. What's your your thoughts on that? Do we want to spread it? get as many people to enjoy it with us as possible? Or do we want to hoard it to ourselves and, and guard it and keep our brakes from getting shut down by 16 dozen prone foilers zipping around? So I think it matters where you are,
0: like where I'm at right now. um, You know, the whole beach is a sandbar and for foiling, it's all good. So no matter how many people were doing it, it'd never be crowded. Um, There are some spots around here though, that I would, be upset if there were 50 guys out there one day, which will probably happen because the sport's so good. At the end of the day, though, I think, I think it would make a lot of people really happy. And I think that's a good thing. I think that would take away a lot of the scarcity from surfing and people would just be walking around more stoked. So I actually think that would have a positive effect on the world and on people's relationships and all sorts of stuff. (laughs) I don't know
1: how positive it's been for me. So I'd like other people to experience that. For sure. Good vibes. Yeah. We want that to spread. I often wonder, you know, cause I try to give these guys their room, you know, these, these local surfers, they kind of clump together. They like to enjoy surfing with each other. So there's always the surfing clump. And I try to go way over by the jetty, kind of give them their space. But inevitably I come connecting waves right through the lineup and I'm, Wondering, kind of, do they hate me or do they think that's cool? Are they watching me because it's fascinating or are they like stay away from me with that blade? I don't think it's uh, being really well received in a lot of spots in California, but I don't know about here. What do you think? Californians hate everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I- There's an overgeneralization <laughs> for the day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I'm joking. I have a lot of good friends out there, but yeah, they do seem like they take their surfing very seriously in California.
1: Yeah. I think the surfing, maybe the surfing world may be a little threatened by the foiling world over there. They're not taking to it quite so quickly. You would think uh, that here in Florida it would be the same way that people would be all over it and they're not. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause it makes Florida world-class. It makes Padre world-class. This yeah. is a world-class spot. I don't have to worry about dreaming of going to Mentawai someday anymore. I just surf here. It's, epic sessions I put up a edit the other day just it was garbage surf and I was like Calvin two waves videotape two waves on the tripod we'll make an edit and I put the edit together garbage surf garbage 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 and I had a couple of really fun rides made an edit and put it up just to show how much fun you can have my other stand up paddle foiling buddies were like too garbage to go out so just well the conditions are not going to limit you anymore you can go out and have an epic session in garbage
0: Yep. You know, and if you think about the world i think the world's going to change a lot over the next couple years i think that people will travel much less and if you think about our timing and getting into foiling and being stuck at locations where i mean a florida surfer is all about the surf trip and you know yeah. on a plane down to, to central america texas is the same you're not doing that for a couple of years. And we have foiling. Yeah. So if anything, that might, you know, really create a boon for business and foiling because it I don't have that desire to travel anymore. Like same here. Same. You know. Um, I can have as much fun like yesterday, you know, twenty miles an hour, side on shore, and I had about as much fun as I could have at a, a day in Pavones, like when it's firing, which is Wouldn't just laughable. Great?
1: And when I want to travel now, it's because of people, not because of conditions. Yep. I want to go and foil with those guys, or I want to go foil with those guys. I think that's killer. Yeah.
0: How, how has your world changed with the whole COVID situation, lockdown and everything? Texas is opening back up, though, too, right?
1: So, yeah, Texas, we love our freedom, usually. You know. But they really clamped down hard, fast, quick, and, in my opinion, overreacted. We had some of the most strict restrictions in the United States. You can't take anybody under the age of 14 in a motor vehicle or in a store. Uh, uh, One person per vehicle, mandatory maximum. Uh, Curfew, 10 o'clock p.m. to 6 a.m. Wow. So they, they clamped down some real serious restrictions right off the bat. And... (laughs) they shut down. So they said you can go to the beach to exercise, but only if you're a local, if you're traveling to the Island for something other than medicine or food, that's unessential travel and you can be ticketed. So at first I stayed away from the Island for a few days. I said, surfing is locked down. And then I started like, this is crazy. And then I would go and say, I'm going to the pharmacy. So Anyhow, um, but now we're, we're easing up, but before they eased up, it was crazy ghost town. Um, my buddy Robert and I went to a different beach cause we couldn't really get to the island without getting ticketed. So we went on the boat to the other side, Boca Chica beach, which is across the channel desert. Which is crazy. We went over there. There's no vehicle tracks on the beach. No footprints. It was like best shell collecting ever. But when we go back to the boat, we'd moored the boat in the channel. And we got two Texas game wardens like hovering by the boat in their game warden boats. And they hassled us. They said, that's a federal beach and it's closed. You're trespassing. And then they said... You have to have a personal flotation device wearing it to go from the shore to the boat. And we're like, we're on surfboards. We're <laughs> tethered to them. They float. <laughs> it was really ridiculous. Robert, Robert was super pissed. He's like, this is against the Constitution. This is unfair. He's like, they kicked the hornet's nest with so that guy. He had GoPro footage. He's probably still working with his attorney on that one. He's pissed. And uh, I was like, ah, oh, they gave us a warning. We'll just consider it ignorance and let them go on their way. No harm, no foul. But it's pretty aggro. There's, we were the only boat around, and we got hassled. It was, I, I went to New Orleans with my church to do a relief trip after Hurricane Katrina. And I found out you can get anywhere in, the, anywhere in a disaster zone in a church van after a disaster we went into these restricted lockdown closed areas of the town Biloxi and we went all over and we went across Pontchartrain train when New Orleans was hundred percent blacked out no electricity it was super apocalyptic and I mentioned that because the whole island and lagoon area and that whole area of the beach that we went in the boat was very deserted apocalyptic feeling with nothing but law enforcement in the area so it's been a trip really been a
0: trip i agree you know we had that experience we drove down over the weekend and <laughs> my pup just came in to say hey what's up mocha uh take it out yeah. um and we we, I, we had that same experience we drove down over the weekend and there's a stretch when you're coming out in New York city, there were still some cars, so there was some traffic in the city, but as you're coming out of New York city, you, you start getting on like the Jersey turnpike and stuff. And I think there was a stretch of road where usually it's always bumper to bumper, you know, three, four lanes, both ways, and we could see one other car. Oh, wow. It was really strange. And then when it got to be nighttime, we did a stretch it's like 17 hours down or something and we did a stretch of like 30 45 minutes without seeing another car so oh, weird which was really weird um but yeah, it's cool especially
1: in that part of the country yeah
0: well this was Man. this was farther south this was uh yeah. this was south
1: georgia florida oh okay yeah so wow
0: Apocalyptic.
1: A, this is definitely historic
0: times. It really is. I'm glad I did that though. It made it seem you got to see the amount of change that had happened. It made it very tangible. Um is a good I'll remember that forever, probably.
1: And craziness on top of craziness. Here uh six days ago, I come down with a gnarly cold. what, what a perfect time to come down with a gnarly cold. And then it like went into my lungs and i'm like coughing and and i'm like this is awful and i never had any fever and so i'm like it can't be can't be this virus with no fever but i gotta know so i went to the clinic and they swabbed me like i never been swabbed before omg they wiped the back of my brain with that swab and uh they're like yeah it'll be one to two days we'll give you test results and i was like wow that's fast Anyway, I call them every day. I think it's been six days now. I, I don't have any results.
0: Oh man, you're not coughing so right now.
1: No, I'm. I'm kind of mostly over it. I'll have like three coughing fits a day. I don't know. I I seriously don't know if I have the virus or don't have the virus. But what a trip! What That's a weird sketchy. thing. Oh, I don't. know yeah. I I believe I'm going to survive it, but I don't want to be responsible to have given it to anybody else yeah
0: no I, I feel you i mean we're still fully locked down i walk out and i surf but we don't leave the house and we wash our groceries and you know we've taken this thing incredibly seriously
1: yeah it's not something to play around with for yeah. people that are vulnerable for sure not something for no. regular people that are not necessarily susceptible it's still serious
0: yeah you know what scared me the other day and um I don't want to dwell on this stuff too long. We're kind of coming up on our time here anyways. But yeah. the uh, there was a study of the, I guess, the Diamond Princess. They did CT scans on I think, a few hundred people that, were, that had tested positive, asymptomatic and symptomatic. And the scary part was that 50% or I think it was 54% of the asymptomatic cases had lung damage. They didn't even know they got sick and they had... Um, you know glass opacity they had fibrosis they had lung issues even in the folks that never knew that they were the asymptomatic people Where, as, as athletes that's like something to think about because you might think like well it's not even a big deal I, you know, i'm not even gonna get sick but then you might have diminished um, lung capacity afterwards
1: it's gonna kill my foil racing career if right I have... that's what i'm gonna blame virus. it on that's what i'll blame my bad cardio on now <laughs> i'll keep i'll okay. keep you posted He'll... Whether I test positive or negative, and we'll see if it affects my
0: oh, man. cardio. Well, I hope I hope it's
1: negative. Do you want it to be negative Thanks. or positive?
0: Do you want it to go yeah to the antibody been, route or do you I've want? I've actually
1: to- been talking with Alex about that. He's like, you know, you want it to be positive because then that means you survived it. You got the immunity. You can you can help people to get over it with your antibodies. And and I was thinking, yeah, that's true. It that means I survived it. My family's not sick. I don't know. I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe maybe I wanna be negative, but then if I'm negative, then I just had a gnarly cold and I could still get that virus at some point. It's almost like you if you survived it, you wanna be over it, not be afraid of this looming cloud. I don't know.
0: Right. I it's really be am on the fence. day when they say if you've had it and you have antibodies you can't get it again. When like they can say box, that, that's yeah. gonna be a, a beautiful day. But you know, so far we don't know.
1: That'd be rad. Heck yeah. Incidentally, I always test positive for tuberculosis. It's one of those things. And I'm like, no, that's just the way I react to the test. And I was talking to a medical professional, and they're like, no, that's not the way that works. The only way you can pop positive on that skin test is if you've been exposed to TB. And if you have, you can never get TB. If you're not sick now, you're never going to get sick from it. That's great. Crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it's like good and bad
0: that's actually interesting. I wonder if that'll have anything to do with um, with you and COVID, because they've found that in there's a bunch of countries where there's these anomalies, they can't figure out why they're doing better than neighboring countries. And there's the vaccine for tuberculosis, the BCG vaccine. Uh, and the countries that still give that vaccine have lower CFRs they're, they're doing much better than countries neighboring countries that don't give that vaccine. So it's, it's super interesting. If you're immune to TB, you should probably, based on that logic, have some sort of weird innate immunity, at least to getting a bad case of this.
1: Yeah, maybe so. Go with that for a mental. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> no lung damage. No lung damage.
0: Oh, uh, uh, man, what do you want to leave folks with, dude? I'm going to go get some grub.
1: Yeah, hang out. just uh, support the people that are having a hard time. Uh, Buy locally. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm starting to think that maybe we should seek out and find local businesses and ways that your dollars can really help people that are, I know that big, big businesses employ people and world global corporations employ people, but try to find people that are really hurting from this thing and find a way to buy something from them. I don't know. I like it. But, uh, yeah
0: um you are eric foyle on instagram yeah eric
1: foyle instagram i've uh been trying to keep my instagram alive a little bit it's gone through a little slump (laughs) (laughs) we'll get things firing on all cylinders here
0: we need stoke right now man i did i did eight weeks of no stoke and i'll tell you what life is better when you're frothing
1: Yeah, we're looking for some uh, stuff coming back, you know, getting together to to enjoy the ocean together. I think is important. That's I guess that's really what I want to leave it with. I think uh, hoping we'll all be green lighted to go to Hood River in August. I think some of you guys need to think about delving into the playing in the river. I've never done it. I'm looking forward to it. I talked to Brian Lance. David, some of these guys, Hood River in August 10th through 17th. Looks like it might be a lot of fun. I can only put in probably four days, not all 10, but let's uh, maybe look at doing Hood River, visiting with each other. Hopefully, maybe the – I don't know what events are going to be green-lighted for the future, but I think it's important to get together and enjoy meeting new people that – Florida race really hammered that one home. Meeting people I met, so many rad guys over there and gals that are just super motivated to do the same types of thing. Like-minded people from different parts of the world. It's been super cool. So let's not stop doing that. I love
0: it, man. Eric, thank you for coming back on the show. We'll do it again in a few months when you got some yeah, new stories. Yeah, thanks for
1: having me. Sure. Absolutely. Open That's invite. Killer. I've been really enjoying listening to the different episodes you've come up with. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon.